Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I am excited to be joined by Craig Willett. Craig is the founder or was the founder of Utah's Development, an innovative real estate development company that pioneered the own for less than rent concept in a professional village. He developed more than $750 million in real estate projects. Craig has also been the founding shareholder and director of a community bank, a public biotech company, a CPA firm, which grew to more than 700 small business clients and a strategic advisory firm. He is a board member, strategic advisor uh, to startup companies. He's also a world champion equestrian. Craig is the voice of the Biz Sherpa podcast. It's a podcast that inspires others to step on the path to small business success. And he is also a friend. Craig, thank you for joining us today and welcome to Monetization Nation. I think that's great. I appreciate that, Nathan. And I think you've got it right. You can name all the accomplishments I've had, but being called a friend is probably the greatest honor I could ever get. And I'm <laughs> grateful to be your friend. Yeah, I, I admire I'm honored. what you're doing. I'm honored to have someone of your caliber as my friend. You're, you're someone that I, I look up to as someone that's had a tremendous amount of success. And I'm excited to interview you today so you can share some of those stories and, and maybe some of the lessons you've learned and advice with, with our audience. Great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? If I ever forgot this, I had an executive assistant who always reminded me she always said when things were getting tough in the development business, she said, you know, remember, Craig, your objective is in five years, and this was a long time ago, to be able to give back to the next generation. And what I'm really passionate about is inspiring the next generation to be entrepreneurs. I really think it's one of the greatest expressions of freedom, and it, it's based on the principles upon which this country was founded. And so that's what I'm passionate about. And that's why I started the Biz Sherpa podcast, to inspire people to step on that path to success and express themselves and be creative and find their passion and get greater fulfillment in life. And, and thank you for how you have helped me in my journey. You've been there for me in a time where I needed it and helped me along in my entrepreneurial journey, as I'm sure you've helped many, many other people. So on behalf of all of those entrepreneurs, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Well, you're naturally talented, so I never worried about you. <laughs> Can you tell me your story, the story of your entrepreneurial journey? Okay. Well, you know, it really starts out um, in, in high school. I was going to football practice one morning and my neighbor who we carpooled to football practice. And he said to me, he goes, you know, I'm giving up my paper route. And I said, you are. I said, well, who are you giving it up to? He says, I don't know yet. And I said, well, would you let me have a shot at it? And it was the Washington post. And so, I was an independent contractor delivering the Washington Post newspaper at five o'clock in the morning. And on Sundays, I had a bike. And on Sundays, it meant going back to my home about 10 times because the Sunday paper in the Washington Post was about this thick and you had to put it together. So there was the news, there was the comics, there was the advertising, and it came in different bundles, some on Saturday. And then Sunday, the news came out and you had to put it all together. And I had four baskets on my bike, but it only held about 20 papers and I had over 150 customers. So it was a lot of biking around, but you know, it was a great start. And it went from there that I got my degree in accounting and worked for a year for an international accounting firm, went back and got a master's degree 
And when I got done with my master's degree, I had accepted a job with one of the big international accounting firms again. And no one would hire me when I was in my master's degree program as a CPA because I got my CPA license my first time after I graduated. And they thought for a part-time employee, they'd have to pay me too much. Either that or I wasn't a very good accountant. And so my dad was a real estate broker and I learned about real estate sitting at the kitchen table. I learned the language of real estate. I learned uh, a lot about it that even when I was finishing high school, I took a evening course from him at the community college and got my real estate sales license. So when I was not finding a part-time job to pay my way through school, I went and uh, got my, activated my real estate license and sold real estate. And I met a CPA and he and his son approached me and said, hey, would you come work for us? I said, well, I already have a job. Well, we're looking for somebody like you. And they made it so that it was an offer I really couldn't refuse. And I had to call the international accounting firm and tell them I wasn't coming. But, you know, I started my career because about six or eight months later, I, I quit and started my own CPA firm. I had a client call me one day and she referred a client to me on a real estate transaction. And she said, Craig, I really wish that you had your own firm because I'd rather be referring them to you personally. And I said, well, I'll make sure I personally handle that. She said, that's not what I mean. And I had had my real estate license with her father at one point. So I started to get the bug and I went and found an office and gave my resignation and started my own firm. We had our, we had just put our last $5,000 in savings down on a house and we were, and Carol was pregnant with our first son and first child. And so it was a little bit dicey times, but you know what? I never looked back. Uh, in fact, I paid my way through school in the summer times college by painting houses and had my own house painting business. So it was in my blood. I think I counted about 25, 26 months of my adult life working for someone else. The rest had been for companies I started. And from there, you know, opportunities just came. I had clients in, that came to me who were in the real estate development business as a CPA. And the reason they came to me is because I could speak their language. I knew about their industry. And then one day I, I was in driving my car and you know how things happen sometimes. They happen because you maybe need to take a different path and maybe I'm not good at finding the right one the first time. But I had been invited to speak at a leadership meeting on a Saturday morning for young young men, young women, ages 12 to 18. And, and I, when I went home, we had three sons. I went home and I could tell that Carol, who was pregnant with our fourth child, was kind of a little bit worn out. She had had to wrestle with the three boys. So I put two of them in the car and decided to drive down to McDonald's and give, them, give her a break and give them some fun to climb around in the playland because it was, it was wintertime in Utah. And I stopped at a light in the car didn't really, wasn't really paying attention and it slammed on the brakes and hit me from behind while we were stopped. And my boys were fine. Um, I ended up having some pain. I declined the, the ambulance and went home. The car had a little bit of damage, but I got to work on Monday morning. That was a Saturday. I got to work on Monday morning and partway through the day, partway through the morning, I lost the use of my arms and legs temporarily. I could talk, but I couldn't move. And so I yelled out to my assistant to call Carol and to come get me and take me to the hospital. And I went to the hospital and 
they did a bunch of tests and MRIs and CAT scans. And next thing you know, I'm down in the pool there, suspended in the water on a treadmill, walking, trying to get motion back. And anyway, through a series of events, I, I realized I had some compression fractures from the accident. And I, I worried about it because I loved my clients, but it really hurt to sit behind a desk all day. And I, I wondered, what am I going to do? And when I was wondering about that, I had a friend call me and he's, well, before that, before my friend called, I actually had a flashback in my life to when I was a teenager. And I saw myself standing in a field um, and I was wearing um, a suit, but there was construction going on around me. And I didn't totally understand what it meant, but I understood real estate sales, but I didn't really know what real estate development was until I had them as, as clients. Well, a client called me and said, hey, we have X number of dollars from a, real that, from a trust that we need to invest in real estate and we've done it and we're not doing very well. Do you have any ideas for us? And I said, well, let me think about it. That, that night, a friend called me from Arizona. He said, I've got a project I just lost an investor on. He's backing out the last minute. I need someone who will close on it. Do you have Y number of dollars? And I said, what makes you think that I have that kind of money? And he said, well, you know, why don't you, uh, you have a nice house. I figured you had that kind of money. I said, well, no, but I have some clients that might. And so I called my clients the next day and introduced them to that opportunity. We got on a plane, flew down to Arizona and over lunch, they cut a deal. And on the plane on the way back, they said, all right, we have the cash to do the, the, to buy the land, but we don't have the money to do the development. You're on the board of a bank. Can't you get us a loan? If you can get us a loan, we'll cut you in for a third. You don't have to come up with any money. And that began my real estate development career. A few years later, I sold my CPA practice and went into, I bought those two out eventually and start, you know, started up Utah's development. As you said in the introduction, did over $750 million worth of development. It was based on the needs of small business owners to have a building with their name on it, not so big that they drive in a parking lot and their clients or patients or customers can't find them and walk into a really beautifully decorated, uh, nice building that really reflected their professionalism and their personality. And in what I call the professional village. And so developed that over time. The passion behind that was that I knew business owners liked to own things because they didn't know when their business would end. They didn't know if they'd ever have a retirement because they didn't know how successful their, their business would be. But I figured they'd want to own a building because they'd have to pay for rent. So I, I came up with a formula that where they could pay for the building and it would still be less than what they'd have to pay for market rent. And so that came up with the own for less than rent that we trademarked. And I remember the first call I got off the sign, the doctor was driving around trying to find a new office. And he said, I saw this sign and it says I can own for less than rent. I was just looking for something to rent. I didn't know I could own. And so that let me know that I hit the nerve, that I hit the passion, that I hit what people wanted and needed. And, you know, it was a very successful go until the financial crisis. But yeah, that's what that was behind the career, the passion for the small business owner that I had is when I had 700 small business clients as a CPA that translated into the development opportunities that came from friends and clients. Yeah, I remember when I operated my business there in the 
in the Phoenix metro area, seeing your signs all over the place. You were so prolific. Felt like you were the most dominant real estate developer in, in the Valley, or at least on the east side of the Valley where I lived. Well, you know, my dad taught me something. Maybe it was more illusion, but people probably thought my business was bigger than it was. But to be honest with you, he taught me one thing about marketing in real estate. And he said, a sign never calls in sick, never goes on vacation. It, it stays out in the rain, you know, never sleeps. And so a sign can really draw a lot of attention, especially with the right message on it. You've made a lot of money over your career. And this show is about digital monetization. What is your best monetization strategy that you could share with our audience? Monetization strategy? Well, I'm not so much a digital monetizer. So let me tell you, I think my best monetization strategy is to take something from nothing, but understand who your customer is and what their needs are and how you can make their life better. And if you can make someone's life better, easier, and more successful, then endless is the amount of business that, you, that will come knocking on your door. I love it. Build the whole business around the customer, making the customer's life better. What do you feel is the biggest tectonic shift that's transforming the business world today? Well, you know, that's an easy one for me and maybe I'm old fashioned. So some of your audience may get a kick out of this and some may think, uh, you know, there's nothing to this, but you know, I think the digital world has made the world a lot smaller. So the marketplace is way more accessible from anywhere. I can sit here at my house in Park City and reach people all over the world in seconds. When I was a kid, that wasn't even possible. I mean, I would cut out my, I'd save up my cereal box tops and I'd mail them in and then they'd send me the secret decoder ring. And that took probably three or four months by the time it came, I forgot I'd even clipped off the box tops and sent them in. So that, that's the kind of speed of commerce today. But with that speed, it has disconnected the human connection. And I think it's easy in today's world to try to do e-commerce, but lose the, the personal touch. And I think the personal touch is what brings people back. One example, recently ordered something uh, online and, and I found this with a lot of companies, they have a great presence online, but if you try to reach someone, they're just not available. I, I have had one where I probably left 20 messages in two months and not a return phone call. And not that I have anything to complain about, but I have a problem that needs to be resolved. I think the personal connection is if someone can figure out how to, how to do the digital commerce and keep a very personal um, touch that used to be you know, face-to-face, um, there's a lot of satisfaction. I've always said the, the currency of business isn't the dollar sign. There's an emotional currency that comes in business and that's when a life has changed and someone is happy because of something you did, whether it's a product or service, but it changed their life. There's no greater reward to you. It's not the money they paid you. It's the change that you see and the gratitude that they express that kept me going. And so I don't know that I was after a certain dollar amount before. It just so happened that it ended up being four times. I was driven because people were happy with what our product was. 
and their businesses were more successful as a result. And they were telling us that, and that probably drove me every day. And so if someone can figure out how to continue to do that <clears throat> in this digital age, they're going to capture the lion's share of the market. You are someone that to me, you've had a tremendous amount of success. And I think you found a tremendous amount of happiness as well. You've been able to balance those. Could you share with me and, and with our audience, what are your keys to success and happiness? Well, the keys to success and happiness, I have to admit, start from who you surround yourself with, with. And in my case, it's who I married. You know, Carol kept me grounded through all those years of all the success. I remember one day she said to me when I was getting on a plane to fly to Washington, D.C. to testify in Congress on some tax legislation, she said, you know, you can go back and visit with all those, all your important people. And, and that's fine. But someday your children will grow up and not know who you are. I came back from that trip and I had testified in House Ways and Means Committee, Senate Finance Committee, and some other small business committee uh, over a number of years. And I started resigning from some community boards to spend time with my sons and my daughter. And not that I didn't, but we started spending even more time together. So that kept me grounded. Besides that, there are some keys to success, you know, I've always said opportunity knocks, but you better be listening to hear it knock. And it's usually disguised as hard work. So most people don't want to open it. And then you need to be ready to open it. You need to be ready to jump in. You need to have the energy. You need to have the drive and the passion. And that passion, when you are able to identify what your personal passion is, then it's easy to want to open the door and it's easy to work hard. And then you need to maintain your physical uh, stamina. I mean, it's going to take your very best to do that. And when you're hitting on all cylinders and the customers are really grateful for what you're doing, that's going to drive you even more to another level, but it also has a physical price to it. And then I think one thing, probably the fourth thing that I would share as a key to success, and knowing that none of these really matter if you don't surround yourself with the right people like I did with Carol, save 20%, set aside outside of your business, 20% on a regular basis of your income. It's something I learned from the Bible a long time ago when the Pharaoh had a dream and he was trying to find somebody to interpret the dream. He eventually got an Israelite, Joseph, to, who was in prison to be released from prison and come interpret his dream. And we told Pharaoh, there are gonna be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine followed by seven years of famine. During the seven years of plenty, set aside one-fifth of all the production. That setting aside one-fifth saved the Israelite nation. And I figured if it's good enough for them, economies go in cycles, I need to set aside 20%. And while I lost 80% of my net worth during the financial crisis, I can tell you that setting aside and putting into um, investment types that pr produce a recurring income I wasn't fully dependent on my development business, which was in a real tailspin because of what happened there, um, because of banks closing and, and dis dislocation in the market. And so that's the fourth one. And then I think I shared with you the other, probably throughout the podcast today, and that's be, be customer focused. Understand their needs, 
understand their lives, understand how you can make their lives better by what you do. And when you do that, they will tell everybody about you. And then you, it's boundless what you can charge and it's boundless what you can do for them. And then your reward becomes not the money you set aside. It becomes that emotional reward. I can think of the people who would write to me and say, you know, my business has improved. I had a, just to make the point, I had a physical therapist who I, he called me wanting to buy one of our buildings, but he was complaining how expensive they were. And I went to his office and it was way, be, I couldn't even find it when I got there. And it was really in a bad location and it was a poor building. I didn't tell him that, but that was my opinion. And, and then he said, you know, I don't, as we talked, he said, I don't really need your building to be successful. I get all my referrals from, from surgeons who do surgery, then they need physical therapy after. Well, he finally broke down and bought one, a building in our location, in, in one of my locations. And he said, he wrote to me and he said, Craig, I get seven or eight new patients a week that are drive-by because they call their surgeon and say, can you refer me to this guy? I drive by his practice every day on my way to the store or the way to drop my the kids off at school. And all of a sudden he learned that location was a big driver to his profitability. But what made the difference to me is that he was more successful. And when he shared that with me, then I felt good. It wasn't just him trading dollars for what I thought was a great product. It was a, him locating in a location that made his name visible and made his practice make a difference in even more people's lives. And to me, that's the satisfaction. So that's probably my fifth key to success. Thank you so much, Craig, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, a huge part of obtaining success is surrounding ourselves with people who uplift and encourage us. Number two, opportunity knocks, but you better be listening to hear it knock. And it's usually disguised as hard work. So most people don't want to open it. Number three, we should consistently set aside savings to give us security for when unexpected hard times come. Number four, if you can make someone's life better, easier, and more successful, then the amount of business that will come knocking on your door is endless. To learn more about or connect with Craig, you can connect with him on LinkedIn or visit his website at bizsherpa.co. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to identify and leverage the highest passions of our ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I wish you business success and happiness. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.